0: Here's where the fun begins. Let's make this a bit more interesting. You've taken your first step into a larger world. The garbage will do! Nothing will stand in our way.
1: May the void be with you. Hello everyone, and welcome to the Twin Sons Outpost Book Club Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Fiverr, joined as always by Amanda DeFonso. Hello! and jesse sanfilippo hey guys we have a great book that we just finished guys this is our first book of the journey to the rise of skywalker as we get ready for star wars episode nine and this is going to conclude the saga guys so these books are very important i feel like we're going to get a lot of good stuff leading up to the final film so i guess amanda we'll start with you just initial thoughts what do you think of the book
0: I really loved it. I thought that it was very necessary to clarify a lot of the things that the book did, Um, not to get into too much just yet, but I liked the clarification with Finn and Rose and Ray and where they're all standing. Um, I liked the continuation of Finn and Poe's relationship. I liked some of the characters, some of the newer characters they were bringing back in. I liked some of the tie-in characters. because we got a couple of special people coming in and then i liked some of our previous characters like we got wedge back and i thought that was pretty dang awesome
2: and his familial ties were definitely interesting yeah i would definitely agree um I felt like we got to tie up a lot of loose ends from episode eight and Amy's super excited, um, kind of seeing, I felt like this was kind of just setting us up for nine and showing us exactly where the resistance is at and giving us hope from such a devastating ending of episode eight and kind of seeing how it could be possible that the resistance could build itself up to a point where we could see it actually defeating the, the, I almost said the empire actually defeating the first order order in episode nine
1: yeah well this is the first book by rebecca Roanhorse that uh we've gotten before and i feel like she did a great job just sort of getting her feet wet in the star wars universe for her first star wars book at least as far as i'm concerned i think she did a phenomenal job and obviously these characters are so beloved like even wedge and Leia and and Chewbacca and and even the Falcon and characters like that. I mean, it's things that people have had in their lives for 42 years and, you know, she did a great job of expanding on their stories. Let's talk a little bit about the story itself and we we begin with the story a few days after episode 8. And so obviously, we know what happened at the Battle of Crate and all that stuff and You know, if you have been with us in the book club for a little bit, you know from reading Galaxy's Edge Black Spire that Leia has these members of the Resistance out there trying to recruit people, trying to uh, find a base. And I think it's really cool that we get in this book to see some successes in those areas you know i mean it was obviously very hard for vi to work on batu to get what she needed to uh, to make that a, a successful place but with everything that we get on ryloth we get like you said amanda wedge back in i think it was really kind of cool to see how the resistance is actually forming yeah. and building back up so a couple different things about this book i think it was really kind of cool how Rebecca really added in so many characters from so many other aspects of Star Wars. And, you know, I know you read Bloodline, Jesse, and Aftermath and things like that. And we get uh, Ransom Casterfo from Bloodline. We get Nora Wexley from Aftermath. And we also get Zay and Shriv from the Battlefront stories, which is really kind of cool to see. So what was it like for you, Jesse, to kind of get some of these characters back in from other aspects of the Star Wars universe?
2: Yeah, I really had to, like, dust off the cobwebs of my brain and yeah. go back and kind of remember a lot of these guys. I know Nora and Temin, who is Snap, who are, I have really been, you know, ingrained in my head, and that was super easy for me. Bloodline was a while ago for me, so I kind of had to just, like, dig back and kind of remember all of these characters from previous things that I've read. But it was just really cool that they've been bringing everything together, getting ready to wrap up this whole thing in episode nine it was just cool to see how seamlessly all these characters all fit together it just makes sense
1: yeah for me zay and shriv actually really i mean they made my my jaw drop open i was like oh my gosh we're getting video game characters in a main book that is part of the journey to the rise of skywalker for episode nine like this is just insane
0: so, I'm wondering if that means that we're going to get some Zay in uh, The Rise of Skywalker.
1: If we get Zay in episode nine, I will literally <laughs> throw stuff in the pond behind my house because that's going to be awesome.
2: <laughs> I will, I want to see that. <laughs> I'll videotape
0: it and yeah. distribute it if it happens, guys. But if
1: not, I won't be disappointed. It's just going to be an added bonus if it happens. Yeah let's talk about the state of the galaxy right now so the first order obviously i mean to me it seems like no matter where we go the first order shows up i don't know if you guys felt that way too but like ryloth they showed up batu we obviously know that they're there so many different places Corellia, they're there so how far has the first order expanded
0: I mean, it seems like they're all like all through, you know, the inner planets, all the way back out to the outer rim territories. I, I yeah, I think they're pretty much doing a full hostile takeover.
1: It almost seems more expansive than the empire to me.
2: I'd have to agree with you. Yeah, I feel like it's almost because they're still kind of at odds with the remnants of the new Republic, they're still kind of fighting to be the empire, so to speak, to have the full takeover. So I feel like it's almost like they're doing the same thing Leia is doing where Leia sent out, you know, all these people to various planets, but like on a massive scale, like they have the manpower to just spread the web of the first order really fast, faster than the resistance ever could. So I could see how they could be more widespread at this point.
0: they've got the manpower and they've got the firepower at this point and they've got the ships and i mean it's pretty dismal looking right now guys
1: (laughs) i don't want to spoil anything for any of you who haven't gone to galaxy's edge but we get a little bit more on the corellian engineering corporation through some of the attractions at uh Galaxy's Edge, but that's all I'll say on that. I think it's really kind of cool how they're literally bringing everything together video games, parks, books, movies. It's cool to see everything work and mesh together. Going back to the first order a little bit, we get a new character, Winsher Brat. I don't know if brat. they say Brat.
2: Yeah, Brat in the okay. audiobooks.
1: Winsher Brat. So he's our new character, he's the new main villain. What do you guys think of this character? He's kind of a little bit different from what we got in in you know previous books like Cath, who's literally just like this hulking dude that punches people. Wincher's more about order and tighten that tie and you know shine your shoes and kind of look nice and do things by the book. So what do you guys think of, of Wincher?
2: Felt like he was like the umbrage. Yes, this series. Like yeah, he's just awful. You just hate him from the very beginning, from the very first moments that you're inside of his head, like, all the way to the bitter end. You're just like, wow, you you really suck. He's, like, crazy, too. Yeah.
1: So just punch a 15-year-old girl in the face repeatedly, like...
2: And he kicked yeah, and her in just... the head. He kicked her. <gasps> Who does that? Winter. With child. <laughs> <laughs> and he said he blacked out. That's what, like, really made me feel like, like you're just pure crazy, because... If you just black out, you don't even know what you did. Well, what and then is-
0: he chucks his superior off a bridge, walks back in, sees her, and he's like, Oh, I'm just going to take that pipe off you and try and wail on you again.
2: Like, what- no. And just like the way he <laughs> thinks it all through was so creepy to me because he's like sitting there and like rationalizing it and making himself believe, you know, that this is the way. This is the only way for him to, like, save himself and get what he wants. And, like, it was just, like, creepy, like, inner murderer mind. Like, sociopathic
0: psychopath.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it was, like, the dark side kind of, like, manifesting itself in just, like, a regular person, you know? hmm
1: The First Order really gets some messed up people. But speaking yeah. of messed up people, how does this work? How does this all fit in? Because if you think about it... We know that the First Order does brainwashing. We know that the First Order has this list of people who have committed either extremely minor crimes or, in their eyes, maybe major crimes, depending on who's making the call on that, but... No matter what, pretty much if you don't have on a a helmet or a First Order insignia badge, you are essentially going to be arrested for something stupid at some point. So we got some brainwashed people. We have this list, and they're essentially going to be taken to be slaves and in the hopes that they die, essentially. A lot of these people are being enslaved in order to die.
0: This is basically the Star Wars equivalent of Auschwitz. Like, these yeah. are concentration camps. Or death camps. Right. Which is a all really like, dark, unsettling theme to
2: add into this. And these are all, like, high-profile people, right? It's not just, like, the average, like, citizen that got them angry. It's, like, they made up excuses to get, like, senators and, like, New Republic supporters and officials right on this list yeah Mm -hmm.
1: but then again we get characters like monty who clearly does not have any reason to stay and he knows what wincher is and even tries to convince yama that wincher is a bad person so We've seen some stormtroopers, like even Finn, defect from the First Order, so how does this work? Do you think that this brainwashing does not always have the same effect on people? I mean, clearly some people need reconditioning or or whatever, but this is not the first time that we've seen people just be like, you know what, I'm done, I'm out of here.
0: I think that it depends on the person and... I also think that there is a serious flaw in trying to rework hundreds of thousands of people's brains. That is not a foolproof thing. There's no way that you or can do that and have it be consistent.
1: Do they have different procedures for stormtroopers versus people in the records department?
2: I wondered that too. I mean, I feel like, because also for the people in the records department, they said things like, oh, you can go home now. Like, I guess I just was kind of under the impression that these people like all live on space stations and don't really have a home and like their whole life is like, it's like being enlisted in the army, you are, you live on base. So like, but when they were talking with like Monty and them, they were like, oh, you can go home. So mm-hmm. like, maybe it is different for them. Yeah. But at the same time, I wonder if they're brainwashing, you know, if they are brainwashing everyone, is it like kind of like a Jedi mind trick where it only works on the weak-minded and the stronger will you have, the more likely you are to be able to resist it?
1: Could be. I don't know. I mean, clearly some of the strongest ones, Finn, has proven to be a great asset to the Resistance. So, I mean, we'll see. Mm -hmm. We'll see what happens with uh, some of these other characters. Um, So we talked about the First Order. Let's talk about the Resistance a little bit. I really wanted to talk about Poe and his influence, not only on the Resistance, but how he will sort of uh, be presented to us in Episode 9. You know, I think one big thing that people were saying about Episode 8 is that Poe is just this hothead pilot and... Before thinking, he'll pull the trigger and he's just, you know, fight first and think about things later and don't worry about the consequences. And whether that's true or not, I think in this book, we really get a little bit of growth out of Poe and we get to see his remorse and his ability to take a step back and reevaluate who he is. And I think, you know, come episode nine, we might see a different Poe. Yeah,
0: I think, uh, This was a really important character growth arc for Poe in this book. And not only does he start to feel some remorse for previous actions, and he takes accountability for them, which is huge. Instead of making excuses or whatever, he takes accountability and he tells people about it. He inspires other pilots who may or may not have a checkered past. Like, hey, we've all done things that we regret. We have all made mistakes. We will all continue to make mistakes. But what we can do is be better next time.
2: And, yeah, and he he was yeah he was he kept like in his head his like mental thought was kind of like okay well this is how i would have done it but i'm gonna check myself and i'm gonna do it the right way now Or i'm gonna yeah. he's almost got like the what would leia do like montage going in the back <laughs> of his head or mantra i should say in the back of his head
1: yeah when he wants to say something he kind of thinks about it and then doesn't do it which i think is pretty cool so we get more on the resistance too we get general reichen back from episode five the battle of hoth if you remember him um at echo base it was kind of cool to get him back in i mean he's got to be pretty old at this point obviously we talked a little bit about wedge amanda coming back in mm-hmm. um we see in in the trailers for episode nine that we get a decent amount of Resistance representation through the trailers, whether that be through ships or personnel. Even at the base, there's one There's one scene where it looks like they're all gathered around a war table in, in one of the trailers. And so I think Leia's doing a great job of kind of reaching back into old options for, for leadership. And I think it would have been really cool to kind of see Wedge and Nora become those resistance leaders but it seemed like at the end of the book they kind of were like no we're done we we did what we did we we got you guys some ships but this is this is too much for us
2: yeah well i actually got a different impression i thought that they they didn't want to be leaders but they were still going out and like they wanted to recruit yeah because they said that their place was among the stars right so they're still i took it as they're still part of the resistance. They just didn't want to lead.
1: Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I didn't get it that way, but it could be. I'm that not could sure.
2: Because otherwise they would they could go back and find another farm, yeah. you know, to live on.
0: Yeah. And they were talking about going and trying to inspire others who are suffering to join.
1: I just really don't feel like Nora would be okay with that. Like I feel like Nora's a fighter, you know. I feel like she wants to be behind the cockpit.
0: I feel like she did Then when Wedge got shot, I think that that changed something
2: between them.
1: Yeah, but the weird part is, like, if you've read any of the Aftermath books, you know Wedge has been through a lot worse than getting shot in the arm.
2: Yeah, I'm reading it totally different, I think, than you guys are. Like, I read it as, like, them being like, yeah, I'm gonna stay in the cockpit. I'm gonna keep flying and reaching out and fighting and... Recruiting for the resistance Okay
1: They just don't like want to be leaving. behind a war table or
2: Yeah I mean what is
1: leadership the... I guess you know? I think
2: Right that would be that I guess like what Leia does is She's behind on the missions And she orchestrates the missions And I feel like I guess that, that they just didn't want to do that They wanted to actually be out there in it mm-hmm. I don't know
1: I mean if we get Wedge in the next episode, especially if it's played by Dennis Lawson, that's gonna be awesome. In episode <laughs> nine. I would best. love that.
2: Especially if he's just like in an X Wing and he just like checks in. Yeah. Like standing by, like that'd be great.
1: I would be my pants for sure.
2: <laughs> oh, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> I won't be sitting too close to you for that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But, I mean, they get – I mean, even General Riken and and they're really digging toward the end of the box, you know, looking for anyone that they possibly can. And I think at this point, you know, their desperation is very apparent and they'll take anyone, you know. I mean, even Zade, if you think back to uh, Black Spire Outpost, the drunk guy that's literally just spitting crap out of his face, I mean, he – he's not even that good really i mean but they need anyone they can get and everyone has their skill and everyone can you know potentially yeah serve a purpose even this collective let's talk a little bit about the collective so they obviously are this group that really doesn't associate themselves with any sort of government really but it seemed like throughout this entire book even when wincher was at his meeting right with the officers and stuff and Monty was out at the bar on lunch eating some shrimp. The guy that he met with was basically like, oh, don't worry, Wincher's still going to be at lunch. And we know that this guy that Monty was talking to at the bar was part of the collective. He had that serpent tattoo or whatever it was. He had the symbol of the collective on him. We knew that reading the book. And then as you continue to read, it's like, okay, well, somebody knows something because this collective... How does how does this person who is part of the collective know that Winter's still gonna be at lunch? hmm You know? So the collective I think reaches out farther than we think it does. And Nyfera, is that how you say it? Nyfera Nyfera shoe. That sounds the
2: same. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think she you know, she's got that list and now the resistance has that list and I think that will be a huge asset to the resistance and you know knowing that episode nine is a year after episode eight and the resistance now has this list i think is going to be a massive benefit to them mm-hmm. thanks to the collective
2: yeah i'm surprised that the, the collective is willing to house them like at yeah. all I'm
0: surprised that she was so ready to give uh, Poe the shakedown for more credits after he just saved her life after watching her husband get nailed right in front of her. Right. Like, sister, you are cold.
1: And (laughs) now the resistance has no credits.
0: (laughs) Right. So we're broke in a safe house. Yeah. Whose credits are But we have a list.
2: Leia's? I All the (laughs) rods?
0: Where does the bank go to?
1: (laughs) 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 Let's talk a little bit about some of the other members of the Resistance, including Finn and Rey. So how did you guys think Finn's character was handled in this book?
0: I thought he was just fine.
1: To me, he was totally perfect. Um, He acted exactly like he did in... Episode 8, you know, we get him while he's at the party and he's talking about all the food and everything. Mm-hmm. It took me back to his reaction to being on Canto Bite back in this position where there's a lot of rich people, a position where he's not used to and seeing a lot of extravagant things, a lot of fancy food, a lot of fancy dresses and fancy people. And growing up as a stormtrooper, that's not something he got to see a lot. And, um, you know, that's something people are like, well, why are you, like, being all crazy at the casino when you have a job to do? It's like, well, that's just Finn's character. And we get to see that a little bit more in this book, and I think that mm-hmm. was awesome.
2: Yeah, I loved Finn in this book, and kind of like what Amanda hinted to earlier is I love that they kind of, like, tied up the end, like, that that love triangle that was kind of forming presumptuous love triangle yeah like (laughs) him and ray are just friends him and rose are just friends and now we just have a bromance yes that i love (laughs) so much i was like if you don't say it i'm going to (laughs) (laughs) they've been saying it in interviews oscar isaacs and um john john boyego yeah Geez, yeah, John Boyega, yeah, they've been saying it in interviews (laughs) that that Finn and Poe have a a bromance. I love it.
0: I think it is the best relationship in the series so far. And now all the Raylos are going to come for me. (laughs) (laughs) But I love them. Well,
1: Ray clearly has some sort of connection with Kylo, whether that's a romantic connection or it's not. But I know some people at the end of Last Jedi were like, "Oh, did you see the way that uh, the, that Poe and Ray were kind of looking at each like, other, hey nudge there, nudge."
2: Buddy. God. And I was like
1: I don't know. But then at the end of this one, they're like, Poe says something, and then like Ray acknowledges what Poe says, and it's something to the extent of like Poe was hoping that Ray would acknowledge that, and she did, and he felt good about it, or something like that. <laughs> like,
2: no, don't read into that like that. No. Nope. No. Nope. <laughs> I'm not nope. reading into that
1: like that, but I'm just saying that like sometimes I feel like people will will take things yeah. out of context and then just make up stuff.
0: Oh yeah. And I think that's just part of Poe's character. Poe loves attention. He wants it and he doesn't care who he's getting it from. Yeah.
2: Like... I think too that they're trying to solidify them as like the trio. Yeah. 'Cause I feel like for a while we weren't really sure like who the trio was. Like is it Ray Finn mm-hmm. Chewy? Is it Ray Finn Rose? Is it Where does Kylo fit in there? Finn. Poe <laughs> yeah. Like so like I feel like they solidified like Poe Ray Finn, like this is the trio, this is who's gonna be like fighting yeah. together.
1: And I definitely so, yeah. didn't get that impression come The Force Awakens. Like I definitely saw Finn and Ray. Mm-hmm. as, like, some of the main two characters, but I wasn't sure how much of a main role Poe would have.
0: Well, and I heard that initially, when they were first writing the script, they wanted to kill Poe off, mm-hmm. and Oscar Isaac was like, wait, no, let, yeah. let me have him, <laughs> hold on. Yeah.
2: Well, I love Poe. I do, Yeah, and just through this book, appreciated him so much more. He's got so much more dimension yeah. just through this book alone. You know what I Either also... Guys? Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. I was just going to say he reminds me a lot of, like, the Han Solo arc. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, I can see that.
0: I also liked how we get everyone else's perspective on Rey in this book. Because we kind of see her just in the protagonist suit when we're watching the movies. But, no, I just like how we get to see everyone else and how they respond to her and how she appears to them because we don't get to see that when we're watching the films we just see her as Ray the you know the hero and in here they're like well she's kind of distant she's kind of cagey she you know she's standoffish and she doesn't really relate to anyone she's kind of an entity under her own she's it's like the resistance and then Ray
2: she's kind of like glued to Leia too yeah
1: well, here's the thing that I think is is you know very similar to Anakin in a way is that she has so much pressure on her because people view mm-hmm. her as as like the savior of the galaxy, and even through Black Spire, Vi, when she refers to the girl Rey or whatever, it's like she's like this, or maybe Leia talks to Vi about Rey or something, mm-hmm. but she's viewed as sort of like this high end asset. To the resistance, and I see how that's the case, but yeah. also if you think about it through Ray's perspective, a scavenger from nowhere. And having all that thrown onto your plate is a big pill to swallow. And it's yeah. the same thing with Anakin, a slave from a desert planet. Now, all of a sudden, you're the chosen one that's going to bring balance to the force. Like, there's just a lot that you have to deal with.
0: And she didn't want it to begin with. She just wanted to go back home and keep doing what she'd always done.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's part of the hero's journey. It's yeah. always...
0: you know, accepting
1: Yeah.
2: your fate. And I thought it was interesting, too, with Rey, she didn't ever wield the lightsaber. hmm mm-hmm. You know, she always was described as being, like, next to her staff or with a blaster. She didn't really do much in the way of, like, using the Force for fighting or anything.
1: Yeah. I did like that they talked about her getting a new outfit toward the beginning of the book where she, her, you know, her outfit was more reminiscent of the traditional Jedi, which I thought yeah. was really cool
0: with touches of her jacku roots yeah yeah
1: we get Braca in this book where uh dross squadron goes which is really cool because Braca is one of the first places you go to in jedi fallen order and again i will say this i love the connection between everything just bringing everything together which is awesome let's talk a little bit about uh so they got they got ships right and they got some of the some of the special ships, and I mm. loved how they got the Corellian Corvette, which I knew they were going to get, because we saw that in the trailer for episode 9. I think it was the second trailer that they did. We saw Corellian Corvette kind of like flying over the trees, and then when they mentioned it in this book on Karelia, I was like, oh, they're going to get that one. They're going to get it. I know they're going to get it, because <laughs> we see it in the trailer, but that leads me to my next question. We've seen things in the trailer. We've got this book done. This is the first book we've read that's part of the Journey to the Rise of Skywalker. So, because this is directly related to Episode 9, how do you guys think that this book impacts Episode 9? What aspects of this novel are relevant to our next film installment?
0: It gives them context. It gives them... A little bit more of like where everyone is a physically at and b emotionally and mentally at. It ties up some um, like we said with the Finn uh, Ray Rose whole non-existent deal. Mm-hmm. You know, it makes those relationships all very clear and it builds more relationship between. Poe and Ray, and gives them that, you know, the solidification that they're going to be more of a trio. So they're going to be their thing. It shows Leia getting back one of her old friends. So she's, you know, we're seeing them rebuilding from where we left off. It's setting the stage, which I think is awesome.
2: Yeah, it's it's just kind of like explaining how they're going to start to be in a place where they're more ready to come to a final showdown with yeah. the first order and I also felt like throughout this whole thing it was kind of preparing us to lose Leia oh yeah <laughs> you did it you said the thing I said the thing I know it's just like like her relationship with Poe and them kind of going back and forth yeah. her mentoring him and him being ready to take yeah. the mantle yeah, just, like, her approving, cool. you know, satisfied look at, you know, the three of them at the end, like, just all, and and uh, she tells Rose, she makes, like, a mental note to, like, have Rose read or, or watch her memoirs that she's recorded, yeah. which is crazy, and I want to watch them myself.
1: <laughs> There's a book out there, uh, crap, it was when The Force Awakens was coming out. And they go through. I think PZ4CO, who's a droid on Dakar, he's one of the blue droids that's there, and he's got a whole log of Leia's memoirs. And it was a book that came out in like 2015, so there's a whole bunch of stuff on there.
2: Oh my gosh, I <laughs> yeah. had no idea. I will find it. But yeah, yeah. sad face.
1: Well, we'll see what happens with Leia. I mean, it's it's gonna be it's gonna yeah. be a bummer if she ends up going but everyone's got to go at some point, so just have the tissues ready, just in case.
0: Oh, I'll (laughs) cry.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I I think it was really kind of cool to see the Resistance grab all these ships and, you know, get a little bit more um, firepower. I think that's necessary for them to stand up to the First Order. Like I said, I love seeing all these characters from different parts of Star Wars come in and, and you know, sort of band together, like General Riken. When Riken came in, I was, like, so surprised. Like, that was super cool that Riken was included in this book and it's pretty awesome to see how everyone kind of comes together so uh, this is the first book that we've read for our book club that's part of the journey to the rise of Skywalker and we're going to be continuing on with that uh, storyline through December leading up to the rise of Skywalker which is going to be pretty exciting any final thoughts guys on Resistance Reborn
2: I thought this was a really good book to lead us right into episode 9 it really just kind of gave us the meat that we needed in between these two films to see, because I'm sure we're going to see the resistance in a totally different place that we left it back in eight. So this was this was a nice build. It definitely provided a lot of context, and a lot of growth for resistance.
0: Yeah, I thought a great job to Rebecca Roanhorse for this being her first Star Wars novel. I mean, she nailed the characters. She really understood who each of them were and i think you know her points of view were great and we needed this book to be ready for episode nine yeah and i i feel like if i didn't read this book going into the movie i might feel a little lost or jilted out of part of the story so i'm really glad that we got it in this book
1: yep I've talked to both of you about this. I even called you this week about this, Jesse. I mean, one of my things is the story gets expanded in ways like novels and video games on purpose because Star Wars does have a fan base that allows their fans to continue storylines in ways that are not just movies. And that's because we support those different avenues of storytelling. People will buy the books. People will purchase the video games and read the comics to expand their knowledge on the story of Star Wars. And the thing is, some people don't read those, and that's fine. But then you cannot complain about certain things that happen in the movies. You know, like, oh, Ray's a Mary Sue. Oh, really? Did you read all her struggles through, you know, the scavenger's guide? Like, Ray Scavenger's Guide, you read the Before the Awakening, before Episode 7. Like, you don't know what she went through. You're just assuming everything that's happening is all that she is. And I think that's kind of the same thing with Poe in this book. You know, Poe is assumed to be this, you know, trigger-happy flyboy. But if he's different in Episode 9, you'll be like, Oh my gosh, he's so different. What happened? Like, you don't understand that Poe went through a lot of growth in this in this novel. You know, and I think these books do a fantastic job of really expanding on characters and giving characters more depth than the movies will allow. And that's nothing against the movies. It's just just great on the part of Lucasfilm and Disney to include in between stories that give more depth to the characters that people love.
2: And I think on that point, I think people forget how much more context just in general you get from a book than you do from a movie. Mm -hmm. Like if even if you just look at the original trilogy, you know, before it got expanded and before it, you know, got all these other things and movies and series added onto it. I'm sure you could pick apart every single one of those main characters and see some kind of a jump in their growth from movie to movie without it being fully like, well, let me see all of her training that has her as a good marksman. Like I, I, you know, like I'm sure that that's just how movie series kind of work. You kind of just have to roll with it when the next one comes out. I was like, Oh, this person has grown from that movie to that movie. We're just lucky that this fandom has so much in between material that we can consume and better understand our characters
1: Yeah, 100%. And on that note, uh, we have more content that we're going to be going into with our journey to the Rise of Skywalker with our next book for December. And December, we're actually doing two books uh, beginning with our first book that is um, actually a, uh, a young reader's book almost. It's a shorter book, so that's the reason why we're doing two of them. Amanda, what are we doing next for December?
0: We are going to be reading Star Wars Spark of the Resistance by Justina Ireland. And it's part of the Journey to the Rise of Skywalker.
1: Alright, and this book came out on Force Friday, so it's been out for over a month now. uh, Almost two months by the time we started. so some of you may have read it. uh, But like I said, it is a short one, so we'll kind of uh, get through this pretty quick. And then we're going to be going to, for the second half of December, we're going to be going to...
0: Star Wars Force Collector by Emmy Award-winning author Kevin Shinnick.
1: All right, so we will get the the chapter breakdown up on our book club discussion page where people will be answering questions and things like that. And I know you, Amanda, posted a discussion question tonight on... um, resistance were born and we'll have a couple more probably by the time this episode airs so Mm -hmm. we're very excited about our book club especially leading up to episode nine the rise of skywalker and if you have not gotten into these books i highly recommend it especially with the movie coming out these really do provide a lot of great information for people uh and like we talked about with poe great character development before the next movie amanda if people want to join our book club, how do they do that?
0: You can find us on Facebook at the TSO Book Club page.
1: All right, and our book club is just a part of our larger Twin Sons organization. And Jesse, if people want to find us on Twin Sons, uh, any sort of social media, where can they do that?
2: It's raining by me, so you might hear the rain. But you can find us at on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, all under the handle at twin suns outpost
1: if you're looking to listen to our show you can find us on our website which is www.twinsunsoutpost.com click on the podcast tab on the left hand side you'll find all of our episodes there you can also find us on the star wars podcast app through the google play store or on itunes and uh, as amanda said we're going to be going headfirst into our new book spark of the resistance by justina Ireland. Coming up here in December, and we'd love to have you guys join us on our uh, Facebook group. So make sure to tell your friends and uh, give us a good rating where, wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of our Twin Sons Outpost Book Club podcast, where we talked about Resistance Reborn by Rebecca Roanhorse. We hope you'll join us in December as we continue on our journey to the rise of Skywalker. Thanks so much, and may the Force be with you.
0: Thanks for listening to this presentation of the Twin Suns Podcast Network. May the Force be with you. Master It's controlled by the Hut.
1: a
2: point on Halloween. This one's doing much to me